0: Hey, what's up everybody, Dapper Dividends number 34 here. I am your host, Russ, as you heard in the intro. And if you are listening to this on YouTube for the first time, welcome. Jumping in here at episode number 34, we're going to kick things off with uh, why I love dividend growth investing. So the short of it I A, I'm an emotional trader. I found out that I'm bad at trading, that I can't control my emotions. I have stop losses. I have targets. And I end up pulling them when they go both ways because I feel like if I'm about to hit my stop loss, that if I take that loss, then the price is going to bounce and shoot up and I'm going to miss out on all this money. And inversely, when I'm getting close to my target, what do I do? <laughs> I don't want to sell. I don't want to take it because I keep thinking it's going to go higher and higher. So took me trial and error. It took me some time and I found the wonderful wonderful world of dividend growth investing now i am sharing both my taxable dividend growth portfolio and my self-directed dividend growth portfolio you can find all of those links down below or on my twitter and what i am doing is investing in quality blue chip premium companies That are paying a growing dividend a solid growing dividend i'm taking the safety and security of a growing dividend over a strictly high yield and that's how i'm trying to make my money that's how i'm getting paid in the future for now and in the future and reinvesting those dividends so they can compound and as they say the two best friends of money are time and compound interest so that is what both of those things need for you to become wealthy And consequently, as I always say, to be wealthy, you just have to do two things, spend less than you earn and save and invest the rest in something that you understand. And if you don't understand anything, well, invest in yourself and go on Udemy, go on Skillshare, go somewhere that you can learn a skill or put your money with somebody who you trust knows something. So we'll get right into my taxable dividends. I said I got a eh, little bit of a surprise. Yes and no. So started off uh yesterday was monday i received dividends from at and which was 52 and i received six dollars and 15 cents from verizon so that was a total of 58 dollars and 15 cents now i was saying on twitter that i used those dividends to purchase a full share of realty income ticker symbol o which Is kind of sort of true. So I got a share at fifty nine dollars and forty five cents, but I only received fifty eight dollars and fifteen cents from those two companies. But if you remember, on Friday I received dividends from NRZ ticker symbol NRZ. I received two dollars and fifty cents from them. So uh, I took a dollar. I borrowed a dollar thirty from that and bought my fifty nine dollars and forty five cent share. Of oh, so technically, I got uh, about you know 99% of that paid for from those two dividends. Close enough, little why lie, nobody's gonna get hurt, and that's what I did. So, uh, I bought a share of realty income that was paid for from all dividends. True, that is 100% true. Uh, then, today, I bought two shares of ticker symbol PRU Prudential at $63.90. Now, I did cover Prudential in my last stashing worthy acorns which a side note on that so that had been the focus of my youtube channel but i want to figure out a way to make uh dapper dividends this podcast the focus and i would like to work in video but we'll see how that goes i'm going to put in some of my animations uh while this is playing and i'm going to try and keep them short try and keep them short here so i bought two shares of prudential at 63.90 dollars 90 Now, Prudential does pay $4.40 annually per share in dividends. That's paid quarterly, so $1.10 a quarter uh, times the two shares. That's that's $8.80 that I added in dividend income per year. Uh, Quick note on uh, Prudential. One thing I love that I want to point out is they do have a 33% free cash flow percentage ratio that they pay out as a dividend, which is very low. I love using the free cash flow instead of the earnings per share. Uh, That is good for a 6.83% starting yield. That is a fantastic starting yield. Now it is high. And I always say if it's high to be skeptical and check it out, which I did. And I am confident in Prudential. They have very low debt, they have a very low payout ratio, so there's no reason why they can't keep paying that 6.83% as the price is today. And then they have a PE of 8.78, which is super low. And as I described before, with PE, a fun way to look at it is, right now, Prudential is 8.78%. So I am paying $8.78 for every $1 in earnings of Prudential. Fun little fun little way to look at that. So I had bought those, and now the surprising one that I bought was I bought two shares of ticker symbol HMC, Honda Motor Corporation. Now, I will say, pun intended, this is a test drive that I'm doing with Honda because I want to be more diversified. I heard on the Dividend Talk podcast, and this is something I've actually been running into is that, People are biased about what's near them and what their home country. Now, obviously, currently the United States is the largest market and it's where the world uh, puts their money, so to speak. But that's not healthy to just be solely focused in the United States. So, yes, I do look for companies that are internationally and globally diversified and not just across one sector or segment, but across many segments. So companies like 3M or Honeywell. Uh, I do look for them, but it would be helpful to smooth out any rough times that one country may have if you can be diversified into several countries. So I'm trying to get this going. I'm trying to force myself to do it. And it there's some things that I'm not really thrilled about with Honda. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring back my dividends now and I'm going to That sounds like Sean Connery. It's not like a George Costanza. If you don't know George Costanza, look him up on YouTube from Seinfeld. Uh, I pulled that from the Serenity Now episode, which you can check out and you'll get it. So instead of waiting for a year, I want my dividends now. So uh, Honda pays currently $0.82 a year in dividends. So what I'm going to do is I bought these two shares at $25.82. So I am putting a price target of $26.00 and 64 cents and when i hit that i'm out hopefully we're going to go up to that i can get my 82 cents and we'll be out but i'd i'd like to <clears throat> i wanted to really diversify into unilever ticker symbol un they're a little bit high in price right now i'd like it to come down a little more which i think it will because i believe if memory serves i didn't write it down that the rsi the relative strength index i believe is above 70 or pushing uh 70 so it should have a pullback and I think hopefully if things work out, I'll be able to take some of my uh, earnings. I'll maybe be able to get out of Honda and uh, swing it, I guess. So I'll swing Honda for their dividend to get it now instead of waiting. And But it is pretty good, actually. So if you look at Honda, uh, they have a 10.87 PE right now versus the five-year, which is 10.28. And I really enjoy looking at the five-year PE history of a company versus itself Uh, more so than versus the market, uh, another good benchmark would be versus the sector itself. But, um, I like to take the five-year PE and contrast that against its current PE to see if something is overvalued or, or whatnot. And I'll show you an example in a little bit when I get to my IRA, um, so the dividend payout for Honda is only 12.51% of their free cash flow, which is very, very, very low. And they are, and keep in mind, as I found this out, as I'm new, I'm learning things too with ticker symbol NIO, that NEO is an ADR, which is an American Depository Receipt Company. It means that there is a pass-through entity. It's a bank that will handle all the bookkeeping, the dividend payments, the currency conversions, all that stuff. So they take their cut for doing that because they're not going to do it out of their goodwill. So you have to pay for that. So if you do hold an ADR here in the United States, you pay for that. You pay, uh, it's basically you have to look at it like an expense ratio that you're paying for. So uh, not thrilled with that. I don't want to have too many because too many. <laughs> Fantastic English, so that's going to cut into the divvies a little bit. But anyway, so this was kind of my getting my feet wet with um, a dividend-paying company that's not Neo, uh, but is an ADR. And I really am looking at Unilever. There's a few others in Latin America that I was looking at a few bank stocks, but I would like to get a you know an international flavor uh, portion of my portfolio, maybe make up somewhere around 5% of my portfolio, at least in, uh, international stocks, because I am worried that the dollar is going to weaken. I mean, it is weakening; It's, it's slipping. We see that with, uh, with gold, uh, which did top 2k gold top $2,000 an ounce for the first time ever. I'm happy. I'm finally up on my gold. If you remember last week, I told you I pulled money out of the stock market to buy gold and then gold dropped. So I bought it at $1,700 an ounce back in 2013, I think it was, or 12. And uh, it was not a good decision, but now it's come up. So um, yeah, but Honda's been range bound for the last couple of years, and actually, Ray Dalio. Ha- speaking of diversified assets, so Ray Ray Dalio, the famous billionaire investor, has a um, he has a saying, I guess, that the holy grail would be to have fifteen uncorrelated assets. So I don't know how you'd find that, but essentially that would mean that you got to look for, you know, if you had a stock, a bond, and gold, and If the stocks drop, that necessarily doesn't mean that the bonds and the gold is going to drop. That they should not be correlated to one another. So, um, real estate. There's uh, you know a myriad of things, but to find fifteen assets that are non-correlated, I don't know how you do that. But I guess that's for uh, bigger and better and brighter minds than mine. So, uh, to wrap up the taxable, I did uh, put in eleven dollar, or I did add eleven dollars and sixty cents of portfolio taxable. Uh, dividend income per year. And when I mix that in, I'm at $1,399.81. I'm almost at $1,400. And what I'm shooting for is $1,000 a month. So I got a long way to go. This is going to take some time. I'm shooting for $12,000 in dividend income. We're going to see how long it takes to get there. So buckle up. This is fun. And that's pretty much it. So Next up is my self-directed IRA. And I also received $52 in dividends from AT&T. So as you can tell, I have 100 shares in the taxable and 100 shares in the self-directed IRA. And by the way, anyone new, the self-directed IRA, all I did was I took $30,000 from my uh, American Funds IRA and I moved it into a Charles Schwab self-directed IRA. I had to pay $125 processing fee to American Funds And the reason I did this is because it is suffocating over at American Funds. I literally had, I say it, I think about a dozen choices of mutual funds, of American Funds mutual funds to put my money into and... I'm going to probably do this again in a few years because I'm really enjoying it that I can do covered calls. I can do options. If I wanted to, I can buy penny stocks. I can put my money into um, gold miners. I have my money into Barrick Gold. I just love that I can diversify it. And it's, it's hands-on, but not so much hands-on that I'm constantly trading, which again is why I love dividend growth investing. I didn't get back to it. We'll wrap that up, is that I don't have to sell. When you trade, you have to sell in order to realize those profits. You have to sell and lock in those capital gains. But with dividends, you don't sell, man. You just keep collecting and reinvesting those dividends. It's a beautiful thing. It's something I love and I've been doing for solid uh, about three years now. Um Yeah, it started out really slow. AT&T was my first foray into it, and I thought it was kind of silly and stupid until I got the hang of it. I was like, "Wait wait a minute! I'm getting like 48 cents a share every 90 days. Like, I can't even. I can't buy anything with that." But uh, I kept at it, kept learning, studying, listening, reading, growing, and here I am now doing my own podcast. So dreams come true. So in the self-directed IRA, I got 52 dollars of dividends from AT&T yesterday. And today I bought two shares of ticker symbol H-O-N of Honeywell at $146.43. A couple quick stats on that. Uh, Morning Start does have a fair value of $162. The PE is 18.15. And here's a fun little thing how I get to a rough really quick if it's undervalued or overvalued. So the current PE is eighteen. One five. So the earn the current price to earnings ratio is 18.15 versus the five year history average, which is 27.54. So if we divide uh, if we divide 27.54 into 18.15, which is the current, we get 0.66%. So 100 minus 66% leaves us with 34. So in my estimation, just going on Honeywell's five-year average, it's currently 34% undervalued at the price that it is at today. So kind of a cool little trick that I like to do. And then if it's overvalued, you can tell right away by uh, just reverse it the other way. So uh, right now, that's all I did. Just We'll just rough the numbers out. So it has a PE of 18 currently. Its five-year is 27. 27 divided into 18 is 0. 0.66. So you have to add 34 to 66 to get to 100. It's 34% undervalued. I bought some and it's a starting dividend yield of 2.42%. One other thing I thought I'd touch on is the beta. The beta is at 1.02. So every company has a baseline of one of a beta. That means if the market goes up a dollar, this stock that has a beta of one will go up a dollar with it. Now, if it's so, for example, Honeywell is 1.02. So for every dollar that the market goes up, Honeywell goes up a dollar and two cents. For every dollar that the market goes down, Honeywell loses a dollar and two cents. So it's kind of a good gauge for if something is very volatile and um, risky, so to speak. I believe Coca-Cola has a beta of, don't quote me, but it's somewhere 40s or 50s. So we'll just, for funny game, we'll just say it's, it's, it has a beta of 0.50. So that means if the market goes up a dollar Coke is only going to go up 50 cents, which is not so good. But if the market drops a dollar Coke is only going to drop 50 cents. So it's, it shows you that it's, it's not very volatile. There's not a good chance to make a lot of money in it in the short term. So that's a fun little way of looking at beta, um, if you're you know is a dividend growth investor it doesn't affect things too much but i just when i was doing the looking at some of the numbers earlier i just happened to notice the beta was 1.02 so it's almost honeywell in a nutshell honeywell in a nutshell moves with the market basically okay and it has a nine year dividend growth consecutive dividend growth rate um i'm gonna try and put a chart up here for you all you folks watching on youtube that honeywell did close at the 20-day exponential moving average. So the EMA is a weighted moving average. It just takes the average of the last 20 days, but it gives a extra weighting to the more recent data, the recent numbers. So it's weighted. So if you wanted to do just a flat one, you would use the SMA, the simple moving average. So uh, I like to use stockcharts.com. You can find all these moving average indicators on there. Uh, Play around with them. You know, it's gonna hey, what's up, Louie? My cat Louie's walking by, so yeah, th- play around with that. Um, Honeywell is uh three dollars and sixty cents a share, so I added seven dollars and twenty cents a year in an in, in extra annual <laughs> dividend income for a total now of the self directed IRA of one thousand fifty six dollars and ninety two cents, and I still have ten thousand eighty seven dollars and ninety two cents left in cash that i can uh trade and and play around with but i'm i'm being a good boy i'm dollar cost averaging in um i had played around with the idea of putting it into something like nobl back when i had this and then every time i wanted to buy i would just sell shares of nobl but you know if in case the market kept dropping i didn't want to get stuck and have all my money in an etf that was down so i just you know i've been a good boy i've been letting it sit trying not to spend it all in one place and um It's been working out good. So that's pretty much going to come close to wrapping it up. Uh, I had a few thoughts on... Oh, um, one of my thoughts was that the biggest gains, and I said this on Twitter, the biggest gains come from proving the consensus wrong. So if you can prove consensus wrong before it's in the news, because, right, they always say if it's in the news, if you see it in the news or hear it in the news, you're too late, forget about it. So if you can prove consensus wrong boom, you've got the biggest gains. And, you know, I guess kind of tying in with that, you know, a lot of people are getting worried because we're, what, 90 days or 100 days away or whatever from the election here. Um, 90 days, I think. Yeah, 90 days in uh, from the U.S. presidential election. You know, it's something I can't control. I used to be more, you know, have stronger opinions about who was going to get elected and not. And, you know, lose sleep and nail biting. But then I just realized, you know what? I have no control over this. The only thing I have control over is what I do in my life, what I teach my kids, how I vote. Uh, I can't control other people. So the more prudent thing to do is to look at it and say, okay, if Trump wins, how do I keep making money? Or if Joe Biden wins, how do I make money? That's the best question to do. How do I make money in the current environment, whether it's state, local, federal, wherever you are in your municipality, in your, uh, in your provincial state, wherever you may be, uh, whatever it is, just say, if I'm not leaving, because right, you have a choice to, well, hopefully you have a choice that you can either stay or leave. And if you stay, how do I make money? So just really quickly, uh, if Trump, you know, he favors more of the oil and coal industry, finance, fintech, uh, aerospace, uh, corporate bonds. He's all about corporations, right? All about finances and uh, financial and keeping those guys going. Uh, and as I've talked about on Twitter, again, uh, if Biden wins, I think that's a big boon for the EV for solar, for, uh, all the, you know, green new deal stuff, agree or not disagree people talking about it. And, you know, if they control the purse strings, guess where money's going. So don't get mad, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. Um, You know, where can you make money? Where are they going to put that money that you can make it? So Biden is more uh, be good for the the EV industry, solar, the industrials, uh, the materials sector. Um, Yeah, so he's, uh, you know, municipal bonds, I think, is something they're all about. Democrats are all about municipalities and bailing out uh, local governments. So, uh, you know, there's definitely a way to do this. Now, the market does tend to price things in. I always say it's forward looking. Um, but still, you know, <clears throat> you can you can try and start planning now. It, it's getting a little close. But don't get mad. Plan. Always ask yourself, how can I make money? I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to look at things, and that's all you need to ask yourself and do what you can do. So there is a way. People, I know this, you hate either one. People will make money under Trump. People will make money under Biden. So say, how is that me that's going to make that money? So stop complaining and start thinking how you're going to make that money. Um, yeah, and check out check out the spreadsheet trackers. You can download them for yourself. You can make a copy and use it. All the data is scraped from Finviz. Vin- all the data is scraped from Finviz. My wife helped me put it together. Kind of taught me uh, the the ropes around uh, uh, that and how to do that. So kind of cool. Um, I made a video on YouTube about it, which I will link to. And all you have to do is uh, highlight the field most of you are probably more adept at this than I am. But as I say, I am a welder. I've never been in an office. I have never worked an office job. I work with my hands. I work outside. I work a physical job. So I get my exercising in so to speak in that way. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's who I am. It's what I do. It's what I've always done. So, you know, do that, uh, check out my spreadsheets, make one for yourself. You can do your own dividend portfolio. Um, They do have to pay a dividend, though, or the data might not uh, load up properly. I was having an issue with that. So, hey, as (laughs) as long as they pay a dividend that's tracked on Finviz, you should be fine. But if you're trying to add some uh, pink sheets or or OTCs, then, you know, forget about it. You're going to have to go (laughs) somewhere else, I guess. Uh, Doing what I can do here, you know. I'm doing it all I can do. Uh, Yeah, check me out at rustyram 78 uh, you can also follow me. Uh, my wife and I have a website we're putting together and learning the ropes on dapperdividends.com and my, you know, it's funny. I just had a visit with a very famous Chicagoan. and uh, I'm going to tease it and see if this works. So um, go to my last stage, stashing where the acorns, I have a link to a famous in the timestamps below. Uh, I did visit a very famous Chicagoan. that's all I will say. And yeah, the song of the show. Um, this song popped in my head. Just pip pop pip pip pop. It popped in my head. Uh, Ice Cube. It was a good day. I love this song. Never was a huge hip hop fan, but I remember being at a friend's house and he had the single and he played it. And I thought like, oh, I want that. Like, that sounds so good. And it was a weird time in my life because this was maybe 1992. And, you know, I was grew up in a very religious household, very uh, born again, Christian household and went with my mother shopping at the North Riverside mall in North Riverside, Illinois. And I went to the music store, but with my own money, I had bought And I saw the singles. They used to have cassette singles. So all it would be was one song. The popular song was the single. And then there would be the B-side, which would be, you know, an alternate version. So I think for this, there was the explicit version. And then the B-side was the clean version. So that's a weird thing. Most kids today probably won't remember or know what I'm talking about is cassette singles. But it is something that existed. So um Yeah. Anyway. So check it out. I'm going to link to it. It's going to be on, uh, not link to it. No, you just go to it. Just go to Dapper Dividends Podcast. Check that out. And, um, yeah, that's all I got. I will be back to talk to all y'all beautiful people on Friday. Today is Tuesday. So three days, it is Friday, uh, Friday there. Come on Friday. Great movie with ice cube tying it in, tying this show in, wrapping it up in a bow for all y'all. <laughs> say that, foreign people, all y'all. Anybody not in the U.S., just say, all y'all. That's how we do it here. So, uh, yeah, good good song, good movie, Friday with Debo, by Felicia. And <laughs> anyone, who's, anyone who's seen that will know what I'm talking about. And as I always end my show now, Remember that everyone you meet has something to teach you, but it is up to you to find out what that thing is. I'll talk to you guys on Friday.